This is The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth. Good morning and welcome to The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center. I'm Kevin Northup. The Weekender for Saturday, August 6th, 2022. Coming up this hour, we check in at the Western Nova Scotia Exhibition at Mariner Center and a feature on Chloe Dion, a West Pubnico singer who got to share the stage with a Canadian pop star last weekend. Candace Fibbs speaks with Ryan McIntyre for an update on the World Double Bit Axe Throwing Championships in Barrington later this month. And Monday will mark the start of the first Les Mans Acadien de Parambas. Jacob Postlewaite speaks with President Roger Dontrema about the week-long celebration of Acadian culture. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Kevin Northup. On Thursday, I had a chance to visit the Western Nova Scotia Exhibition at Mariner Center in Yarmouth, back for the first time since 2019. Now, the pandemic canceled it the last couple of years, and many people are back to enjoy the events. I spoke with several organizers, and here are a few of those conversations. Here now with uh, Amy Rose, the director of the Yarmouth Agricultural Society, and they host the Western Nova Scotia Exhibition every year. Of course, we didn't have it the last couple of years, but we're back in 2022. Amy, how does it feel to be back here at Mariner Center? Uh, it feels great to have an exhibition, actually. Uh, we kind of missed uh, organizing it. We missed having the Ox Halls and the different other events that we have out here. Um, it's always a great time. A lot of times, too, is nice. It's the only time that we actually see certain people during the year. So there, are, there was lots of reunions yesterday. Yeah, I know we had, uh, we've had we had ox halls, we had the horse shows here, and we've got some horse events happening in the outdoor ring uh, right now. Lots more of that to come over the next couple of days. And you mentioned, you know, seeing everybody again, bringing everyone together. Uh, you know, how does it feel to see those events come back here? Oh, it's great. Um, I actually, my family, we have oxen ourselves. So it was kind of, I don't want to say a boring last couple of years because we <laughs> couldn't get out as much, but it's nice to be able to be back and to be able to see the old ox teamsters that, that always come out and do that kind of thing. So it's great actually to be here. It's great to see all the kids here to this week, um, the ones that are enjoying the bouncy castles um, and the laser tag and the virtual reality is great too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. We're on day number two. We got two days left, so... Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly been a lot of fun. And, of course, the heart of the exhibition, really, when you go back to even you know, 100 years ago, is the, is the agricultural aspect of it. So, uh, you know, seeing everyone back here again and seeing people, you know, honored, you see all the competitions. We've got the truck pull coming up, the big truck pull on, uh, on Saturday night for Brian Ryerson and his memory. That gets people out every year doesn't it yeah it does the truck pulls for those that don't necessarily like the agricultural part um, that is the basis of any exhibition but we all also offer a few things for those that don't like that part uh, truck pulls is, happens to be one of them they were uh, last night we hosted the street class um, it's actually Friday night that we host the Brian Ryerson and oh. then Saturday is an open truck pull mm-hmm. so um, that normally brings quite a big crowd out here because people like to hear the roar they like to see the ruts that get going they like to see the dirt flying in the air um, last night the final win actually was quite interesting as he pulled a couple of the weights happened to fall off he tugged it so hard so it's always a lot of fun for those that are here too amazing amazing stuff and uh with the ox halls and you said your family has oxen you know it's so impressive to see those animals they're huge and they're pulling all that weight i mean what does it take to you know train them to do that i guess well you have to have you have to have some dedication at home because you do have to take them out of the barn you got to be able to yoke them um a lot of ox teamsters around their house they have great big rocks that get drug around the yard sometimes they get left in weird spots and people wonder why there's a great big rock in the middle of your lawn um but it takes a lot to get ready we actually start with ox halls um in april by the middle of may we we have our first ox hall going and we normally have one almost every weekend just to help get them ready to ready for exhibition season so it's a lot of work they put a lot of work and a lot of effort into it um we actually we my family we have three pairs uh, hey my husband hauls two of them and i have a 14 year old son who has his own pair as well so wow yep definitely in the family and uh, yeah a lot of dedication there for sure so we've got a great couple of days coming up we're already on day number two here uh amy thanks so much for taking the time to talk about the exhibition here and have a great rest of the time i just want to mention too that the kitty farm is always uh fun too we'll see a lot of people going in through there yeah we have some baby pigs in there this year there's some baby puppies um, we have the milk cow out front so if you ever want to if you have ever thought about milking a cow you can always give it a try um, and, and squeeze her uh, squeeze her teeth into the bucket so um, 
yeah, there's some little, there's a bunch of animals in the kitty farm. There's also the big barn too. In the big barn, we actually, we have a lot of light horses here this year. We have more than we normally have. Uh, the barn is also full of oxen as well. So there's lots of animals out here to come, come and check out. Perfect. Thanks so much, Amy. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks. With Wayne's Wicker of a Yarmouth County Ground Search and Rescue here, you guys are operating the dunk tank and you're also operating the parking here as well as a fundraiser for Ground Search and Rescue. Uh, it's so important to support every year here at the Western Nova Scotia Exhibition. Wayne, talk a bit about this dunk tank. I mean, you've had a lot of people come through here and we're already on day two, I think, as we're taping this right now. Yes, we're on day two and yesterday was a very big success. A lot of people seem to be really enjoying it. We had the teachers and some vice principals and principals and stuff in and uh, they really got going with the crowd pretty good and the crowd really enjoyed putting an old teacher into the water a few times and today we're with the local unit there, the 84th Independent Field Battery. They have some soldiers here and uh, graciously volunteering their time or volunteered their time and Again, a lot of the youth and a lot of people are having a good time throwing the ball and seeing if they can dunk a soldier. And Wayne, we've got a few of the members of the field battery here. They're already soaked, so they've already been dunked a few times? Oh, yes. All of them have made sure they've had their rounds in the bottom of the tank. Uh, a couple of the young guys showed up right off the bat. They were pretty excited to test their mantle against the boys in uniform. And in this particular case, the guys in uniform ended up wet, and the guys walked away laughing. <laughs> so what's your schedule like for this dunk tank for the next couple of days here? Uh, four to seven tomorrow night would be Friday. We're having a few of the local politicians and stuff come on in and uh the rest of the time will be filled up with local volunteers either the fire department or ground search and rescue and stuff and then oh. on saturday from four to seven we have the local rcmp coming in and have a chance to uh, dunk a mountie well what a chance uh for folks here to come out and support this uh, what's the cost for someone that wants to come out and do this well right now we're charging two dollars a ball a bucket for five dollars and hush hush we don't usually tell the people in the tank but for twenty dollars you can throw the ball until you get tired and then walk up and kick it <laughs> Now, I did this a few years ago. I think it was for the uh, the bullying campaign. And, yeah, I remember it was kind of the same deal. And uh, But, you know, on a hot day like this, they're up there. It's refreshing. I mean, you know, you get a little dunk, right? It's, it's, it's hot out here today. It is very hot out here today. And they don't seem to mind the wet part of it. But the initial shock when it lets go and they're in free fall kind of always puts a cute look on their face. <laughs> we love it for sure. So uh, great funds being raised here. Yarmouth County Ground Search and Rescue. I mean, uh, the operations of that. It, you talk about the pandemic. And things don't stop, though, do they, for, for ground search and rescue? And there's a dunk right there. Uh, we love that. But operations certainly don't stop for you guys. Operations never stopped. Everything else seemed to stop. The fundraising ability stopped. The ability to get together and do the extra training stopped. But when it comes time to, uh, to, to strap on the gear and go out and find somebody, that never stopped and it never will. There you go. So how can we learn more about Yarmouth County Grand Search and Rescue? I know you've got a, a, a booth in Arena 2 uh, for some more information, and then there's all sorts of uh, volunteers and folks out here with the jackets on to talk to. Yeah, uh, there's also a Facebook group, Yarmouth County Ground Search and Rescue. It's on Facebook. Uh, you can go in there and look and make ask for contact, and usually what will happen is we'll get your information, and uh, one of the directors will give you a call, let you know what's going on, what's happening, how you can help if you want to help out or if you want to join. Same idea, we recruit the same way. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for this, Wayne, and have a great rest of the week here. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So with Sydney from Little Orbit's Donuts here at the Western Nova Scotia Exhibition, this is a popular food stand every year here. Uh, tell me what it means for you guys to be back here at the exhibition. Oh, it's so exciting to be back. It's been a few years, and um, I, I know I'm stepping in for my sister here this year, um, so I'm pretty lucky that I get to come back because she's not available to be here today, but we love to bring the donuts to the people. Everyone's excited to be here that we've met with so far, so yeah, just really excited to be back. And it seems like every year this is the first place that people think of. you got a customer coming right now, so I won't keep you too long, but you know, you've got donuts here available in, uh, in sizes of six up to 40. What makes these donuts so delicious that everybody wants them here? Well, I, we like to think that part of that reason is because you can only get them once a year, right? So you can only, and now it's once every three years, the last two years there being that lull. So I think um, there's bite size as well. That's always exciting for people, but I think it's that ability to just get them once a year. So you got to come down and get them while you can. Definitely. And you guys are from the South Shore area, like Bridgewater area. So uh, what's it been like for you since, you know, the pandemic? I know it's put a halt to a lot of things. How have things been going for you guys? Yeah, it's definitely been tough. Um, again, my sister owns the business. Um, she did very well last week, very busy in Bridgewater Exhibition. Um, we're going to be in Shelburne Exhibition next week uh, and then out in Lawrencetown after that. Um, but it's been great to be back 
people again really excited i think to to get back and to have some donuts so it's been great and affordable prices too i mean a box of 40 is only ten dollars i mean that's that's not a big price to pay at all so it's affordable prices here and these donuts like i said are delicious i had a few last night i must say and you can get certain kinds of sugar on them right yeah so you can get cinnamon sugar or just sugar or some people like them plain or actually we have some people who take them home eat them the next day put jam on them ice cream we've heard of all sorts of things it's it's uh, certainly great here and who's who's helping you out over here this is my fiance jack Hi, Jack. Hi. <laughs> Jack's doing up the donuts right now while we're doing this interview. So I won't keep you. Thanks so much, Sydney, for your time. And uh, have a great weekend here at the exhibition. Thanks so much. Here with uh, Alexander Rogerson, who uh, just wrapped up hosting the second night of the Y95 CJLS Tri-County Talent Search. This is something near and dear to your heart. You've been involved in it for 28 years? 28 years, yeah. And this wow. is the first year I get to fully run it myself. So you were just a little kid when you started doing this. And, and I know uh, Tessa Maia, who's judging with me uh, here this evening, had said she's she saw you perform at that young age. So is this the stage where you really got the love for performing and what you do now? It sure was. Yeah, I was eight years old when I got up on this stage. I wasn't even allowed to actually win because <laughs> it went from 12 to whatever. Right. Yeah, so I just sang until I could. <laughs> and, and now that really, you know, goes for younger kids can enter this contest in the Rising Star category, right? It does. I actually have my daughter entered this year, and hopefully next year we'll have a lot more coming in. That, you know, every, everything counts, whether you sing, dance, doesn't matter your age. That's right. Well, yeah. we've seen, uh, you know, uh, dancers here from all different backgrounds. Uh, this yeah. year we're, we're seeing mostly singers, and uh, everyone's really doing a great job, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, definitely. I'm very proud of everybody who came out, and, I mean, it's, it's, it's nerve-wracking getting up there and doing it. So anybody who gets up there to do it, it's got my vote already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make it seem effortless. I mean, you sing a song, and, and you do this professionally, too. You have I your do. own karaoke business that you run around to different uh, venues here uh, in the Tri-County. So it's really grown for you, hasn't it, it over has. the years? Yeah, it took me 30 years. <laughs> I'm 38, and I started when I was 8. But, you know, I, I did it. Um, I host usually five, six nights a week at karaoke. I teach vocal lessons. I help just helping people, you know, get the courage to get up there and just sing. I just love to see people doing what they love. That's right. And, and you know, a few contestants, uh, they get up there and they might be a little nervous at first, but, yeah. you know, you're right here encouraging them. Encouragement. That's all sometimes it takes, you know. Right. And that's yeah. what you want to see from the younger generation here. And you teach those younger kids, like you said. So what do you think of the talent we have here and like around the tri-counties that you see come out to your karaoke nights? Well, I think it's amazing because there is some hidden gems that are just starting, that I see starting to come out. And it's it's amazing just to see them all. And it's it's... They're good. Like, they are good. It's just sometimes they don't even know it, right? That little bit of encouragement goes a long way. Right. This is the um, 31st annual uh, Y95 CJLS Talent Show, and and I've been involved with it over the years. Uh, other members of the station, I remember, uh, you know, the late Jerry Boudreaux being up here and being involved in it. So this really goes back a long way for our station. 94. 94. That, that's, I have a, a newspaper clipping with that. <laughs> No joke. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, so 195CJLS, we are old here too, for sure. Uh, but, uh, no, this is a, certainly a great setup. And what does it mean to you to have this back too? Like the pandemic's been rough, obviously, and that, and that shut your business down right. for a while on karaoke. Oh, yeah. So uh, how did you get through the pandemic? Well, pandemic, luckily I could just sing on stage by myself. So I guess I did that until I was allowed to. But I just networked, network with people online, all kinds of musicians, because everybody started to work together more once the pandemic hit because, well, we kind of were not forced to, but, you know, to do things different. And that's what we did. Um, I started keeping contacts, keeping in touch with my venues who were shut down, but at the same time, anything I could do to help them, right? So... Um, but it's now it's it's um, putting me in the path where I want to go, and it's COVID's kind of opened up everybody's eyes in a way, and we know it sucks, but <laughs> but <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it hasn't been a fun time, no. Uh, no question. But to see everyone out here today, yeah. yeah, 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 making yeah. making the best of it is certainly you know you know what you've done obviously with that so uh, so with this uh, obviously the uh, the finals are coming up tomorrow everybody's back 10 acts so far yeah. uh it's it's going to be a lot of fun and you know for you uh what's what's coming up for you i mean you, you've still got karaoke i know i think you're going to anchor grounds after this yeah well i have jen set up at anchor grounds so i can go there <laughs> after 
Yesterday I had them set up at Heritage, went there after. <laughs> Tomorrow I just have this though. <laughs> okay, so. But there you um, go. I have all kinds of weddings booked. I'm pretty much booked until December, and that's only for now because that's going to book all in. Mm-hmm. Like they want me all year round, everywhere. I don't travel as much anymore because gas prices, you know. But honestly, it's good to be back home. It's it's great to be home, and right. I can relate to that, right. no question at all. So it's great to be here, and uh, great to be back at the Western Nova Scotia Exhibition, too. And I know this is, uh, like I said, a place that's near and dear to your heart. Yep. So uh, thanks, Alexander, for running this this year and, and hosting Thank it. You're doing a great job. and uh, Oh, yeah, well, uh, I, I'm no Simon Cowell. Right. That's no, all right. no Simon Cowell, but uh, anyway. Real slim yeah, that's right. That's what they say at karaoke. <laughs> Thanks so much, and uh, you have a great night, and, and best of luck with the rest of the competition. Thank you. You too. You've been listening to a few conversations from the Western Nova Scotia Exhibition in Yarmouth. Today is the last day for the exhibition. Make sure you head to Mariner Center. And now on to another story. A local singer from West Pubnico got a chance to share the stage with Serena Ryder at the New Glasgow Jubilee Last weekend, I spoke with Chloe Dion earlier this week about her experience, which was a surprise to her. Yeah, so uh, I'm currently a student at Dalhousie University in Halifax. I'm going into my third year of therapeutic recreation. Um, And I'm a huge fan of Serena Ryder, and not only because of her music, but because she promotes, she's a huge mental health awareness and um spokesperson, so kind of aligns with what I'm going to school for. Um, I work with children with disabilities, and right now my summer job is at the Villa St. Joseph, so um, in recreation there, we do a lot of activities with them and, you know, boost their quality of life and give them some good times while they're here. And anyway, so me and my mom uh, had got tickets to go to the Jubilee because, um I really like Serena Ryder, <laughs> and I have family from New Glasgow, so we kind of made it a trip. Um, anyhow, I, I'm also a musician, like an amateur musician around the community. I'm sure people have seen me perform around here before. I've done Star Mew and Up and Coming and Rewind and all those shows, and I've played around independently a bit, and a lot of the songs that I do sing, um, most Serena Ryder does make it onto my set list quite a few times. <laughs> so uh, I was really excited when she, uh, when we seen she was coming to the Jubilee. Anyway, so me and mom bought VIP tickets because they were on sale and we we're like, well, might as well get VIP tickets. So went up to New Glasgow on Saturday. Yeah, I think it was Saturday. And I just thought like, oh, we're going to go watch and it'll be great. And we'll get to see her quite close up because we'll be in the VIP area. But little did I know, my mom had contacted the Jubilee ahead of time to ask for, like, backstage passes or a meet and greet or whatever. And so they said, yeah, like, well, we can do that. Like, we'll get Chloe to meet Serena Ryder or whatever. And so I had no idea the whole time, but she had told, like, my dad and pretty much everyone knew but me. So we got to the concert and checked in or whatever, and we went up to get a few drinks and was waiting in line and mom's like okay like are you ready like are you ready to go see Serena Ryder I'm like yep like let's go down to the crowd or whatever she's like no like are you ready to go meet her and I'm like like no like what do you mean so I was like kind of shook up because I wasn't expecting that at all anyway so we go with the people and go backstage and it was only me and like five other people or whatever and I was just, I've never been to a meet and greet, but a lot of people say like, oh, it's just like you go there, you shake their hand, you say hi, snap a picture, and like they kind of push you through. Like, no, that's, she was so nice, such a genuine person, like really cared about her fans. She talked to each individual, like each of us individually for a good like 10, 15 minutes, like really tried to make a connection there and um, make you feel comfortable or whatever. So I was talking to her and saying a few things and got some pictures. And my mom was like, because I don't dare say anything about myself. And I'm like, oh, like she is a singer and she sang, she sings a lot of your songs. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to show you a video, but like, here's a picture of her on stage singing Week in the Knee. And so she looks at me and she's like, well, like I'm losing my voice because she had just played in Toronto the night before. And she was like, I have no voice, like hardly any voice. Like you should come sing with me tonight. I was like, I didn't know what to say because I'm still like 
shaking because I, I can't believe what's happening. Anyway, so uh, she was like, yeah, you should play with me. Like, you should sing with me. And I'm like, uh, like, didn't really know what to say. And in my head, I'm saying, like, Chloe, like, there's a lot of people. But mom was like, no, like, you have to. Like, when are you ever going to get the chance to do this again? So I was like, yep, yep, all right. Like, I'll, I'll play. I'll sing. And originally, like, we had discussed a couple songs, and she's like, well, like, what songs do you know best? And I was like, well, I know Weak in the Knees best, because that's the one I play the most. She's like, oh, well, like, I have someone else already playing or whatever, with, like, singing that one with me. So we had said, uh, well, we'll sing Got Your Number. And, of course, like, five minutes after we discussed this, I, like, go back down in the crowd or whatever, and I'm like, Mom, like, this is the song that I know, like, the least. So I'm pulling up the lyrics on Google and going through them in my head and everything. And anyway, four or five songs into the show, she's at, when she's singing, she pulls me up on stage or whatever. So I go around to the back of the stage and the set, like the sound man and everything back there, like, oh, week in the knees next, week in the knees. And I'm here like, no, no, like, it's not me. Like, I'm next or whatever. They're like, no, like, if it's, you're Chloe, like, go, like, this is you. So I get up there. Anyway, I sing Week in the Knees, and there's, like, 2,500 people there. And I've played at, like, the theater and stuff in Tuscany, and I like that because the lights blind you, and you can only see the front row. Yeah, no, I could see every face in the crowd. So it was a little intimidating, but it was a lot of fun, and she was super nice. And, yeah, super, like, awesome. Like, just someone that you could be their best friend, and she was she was really awesome. And she, I will never forget that moment probably in my life so yeah that's kind of the story and then I woke up the next morning and I had quite a few views on the the Jubilees live video so I didn't expect it to kind of blow up like that at all but well an amazing story Chloe that that's sort of like a, a dream she's one of your your idols, of course, and you said she's in your yeah. set list all the time. So uh, not many people can say they've they've sang on stage with somebody they they admire so much. So uh, no. the fact that your mom went out of her way too to kind of surprise you with just the meet and greet, and then it turned into uh, that live performance. Uh, when you look back yeah. on all this, well, what's what's this going to mean to you? I think it's just like to me. I think she's such an inspiration and a role model, and I hope that one day maybe it's not through music, but maybe it's through something else um, that I can kind of pursue that and be a model or role model or something like that to the next generation of young girls who are aspiring to be musicians. And even if it's only at a concert around here, one of our shows around here and someone wants, maybe if someone that looks up to me, maybe I can give them that opportunity in return. But yeah, no, she, she was really awesome. And I said, thank you to her a million times, but, yeah, I it was really cool. And that was Chloe Dion from West Pubnico who got to share the stage with Serena Ryder at the New Glasgow Jubilee last weekend. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender. I'm Candace Bibbs. I'm joined this morning by World Championships Organizing Committee Chair Ryan McIntyre for an update on the World Double Bit Axe Throwing Championships coming up this month in Barrington. Thanks for joining me once again. And Ryan, we spoke originally in February, now just a few weeks away from the big event. For those listeners who missed that initial interview, can you tell me again, what is double bit axe throwing and how did the competitors who are coming to Barrington qualify to come? Well, uh, I, yeah, first off, thanks, Candice, for, for having me on again. Great uh, opportunity to, to reach out to folks in the area. Uh, so double bit axe throwing has been taking off globally in the past number of years. A big part of that is development of um, axe throwing leagues around Europe and uh, axe throwing facilities and bars and lounges like the, the Timber Lounge in uh, Halifax and Moncton, uh, Darren, Darren Hudson's uh, facilities. Essentially, it's, it's throwing a, a full double bit uh, axe, uh, 24 inches long minimum, the handle, the, the axes are about, uh, they, they can be no larger than six inches, the cutting edge. And we throw those from 20 feet at a uh, target that has a two inch bullseye, two inch rings. It's, it's a small area, uh, throw, aim small, miss small, they say, throw it small, uh, small targets. You get a cumulative score from your throws. 
And basically that ranks you throughout your, throughout your competition time. So um, competitors from all over the world have been doing this, preparing for this event. We've been, we've been planning and developing this, uh, this competition over the past two years. We were very fortunate to give, uh, be given the responsibility to host this event through Nova Lumberjack Society. And yeah, it's been an enormous amount of work, but in terms of qualifying, uh, depending on the country you're coming from would determine and dictate the way you would qualify. Different countries host their qualifiers in different ways. We really didn't dictate that. We just certainly wanted to encourage uh, all the countries coming to, to bring their best and uh, do their best. Right now, we have 10 uh, different nations that are registered to, to rep be represented at the World Championships everywhere from U.S. and Canada, of course, until way off in Eastern, Eastern Europe with Estonia and Sweden and everything in between. And as far as competitors in Canada went, and specifically in the Maritimes, we knew there would be so many competitors from from the local area that would want to uh, that would want to throw. But of course, we want to put our best foot forward with our Canadian throwers. So we uh, we held qualifiers around the around the region. We held um, one in Moncton, one in Dartmouth, and one in Barrington. And now we have uh, thirty eight maritime throwers ready to uh ready to rock <laughs> 19 uh 19 men 19 women ready to throw and and put on uh an amazing performance and and hopefully find a place in the podium at the uh, the 2022 world double bit axe throwing championships are there you held a qualifying event in barrington were there any local axe throwers that you know we can look forward to cheering on Oh yeah, definitely. We had uh, a number of local, great local throwers show up. Uh, really, the the one that stood out to me. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of folks uh, locally that'll that'll be throwing now from from the Barrington area. Um, a, a big shout out, I would say, to our youngest uh, thrower that uh, he just came out of the junior category and now he's throwing as an open. He qualified. Aiden Weeks did some amazing throw. I'm very excited to see that young man. Uh, progressing he actually won the junior title at the uh, Canadian championships a few years back and now he's now he's competing as a as uh, with with the uh, the adults so that's pretty cool that he did it John Buchanan with some amazing throwing uh, Darren Hudson qualified through he's going to be one of the the guys to watch for sure in in the women's division uh, Sandy Cranton and Susie Atwood really you know standouts for uh, for folks in the local area that I mean they just they do an enormous amount of throwing and I should say Susie Atwood she just came back from Germany she went she traveled over just a couple of weeks ago basically on a whim and won the international women's category at the German Open Championships that's it that's an astounding feat I cannot stress to you how big that is we've Canada has never won overseas at one of these events that is that is enormous so um, to me we have a talent field here in Canada, here in the Maritimes and here right on the South shore and, and Southwest Nova that, I mean, I, I, have extremely high hopes. I don't want to put too much pressure on these <laughs> individuals, but I certainly think that, uh, you know, the cream rises to the top in these competitions and, and we have some, some of the top throwers, uh, not just in the area, but definitely in the world. And, and I think we're going to show that. Absolutely. So you mentioned, you know, a young thrower. What are the, are there age breakdowns or is it simply an open championship? Oh, great question. Uh, no, there's divisions. We have, um, we do have a youth category and actually there are spots open in youth category. So if there are local folks, you don't have to pre-qualify for the youth category. If you're interested in, uh, in throwing in that, or if you're listening to this and you think, Hey, my, uh, my son or daughter might, might do well in that contest. Let us know, reach out to us at novalumberjacks.com. We can get you registered. Uh, basically they have to be under 16, uh, at the time of the competition. So 11 to 16 is the age range for the youth. And uh, we'd love to see some local youth throwers. There's a few folks from overseas, but not too many. And uh, it'd be great to have some, some local youth. We'll have um, 12 youth throwing in our semifinals on the Sunday and uh, six will go to the finals and then we'll crown a world champion. So kind of cool. Uh, we have a women's division in both the singles and teams comp uh, competitions. We have a men's division in singles and, and uh, teams. So number of different divisions and um, lots of ways to win. And, and we have $33,000 in prize money on the line. It's the largest purse ever paid in world in, in double bid axe throwing, I should say ever. And um, you know, that's a, that's a big Testament to all the, the wonderful businesses out there and organizations that have been uh, supporting us, um, you know, local and regional governments and, you know, grants and, and, and uh, per, uh, 
corporate sponsorships, everything. I mean, it's just been, people have gone out of their way to sponsor and be part of this event. And we we're just so thankful for that. So when we spoke in February, you know, planning was well underway for the event. How do you feel just a couple weeks out with the planning and organization of it all? Oh, listen, I mean, we're, we're in great shape. We've, um, we've been in fortunate in some ways, I guess, that we, we, were, we pushed everything back a year as uh, many, many events did. We had originally planned to host this in 2021. And that, that additional year, I should say, you know, it, it turns out to be a blessing. You end up having that, you know, more time to, to get all the details together and, and really um, lay out a, a great framework for the event. But we were in excellent shape. Um, there's always those, you know, the nerves and anxiety that go along with as you're getting close to a big event that you've been putting so much into. But, um, but no, I, I feel very confident that we're going to deliver an amazing event. We have three days of competition, uh, as well as uh, on site the entire time. We'll have uh, vendor booths that people can go. You can, they'll have, there'll be food trucks, Boxing Rock, one of our main sponsors. They're going to be hosting a beer garden from Friday through Sunday from noon to five each day. Uh, it, it's going to be a, an event, you know, it's not just, it's not just coming and, and watching the greatest actors in the world. You can come uh, spend the day with your family, enjoy it, uh, have a great time. You can hang out in the arena and watch them throwing, take a break, go on outside, see all of our great vendors. And uh, yeah, it's going to be incredible. You can watch just out, outside of the arena. We'll have uh, the training site for the, for the axe throwers. You can watch the, the best in the world as they prepare to, uh, to go in and, and take their crack at a world title. So you can't really beat that. Uh, tickets went, just went on sale last week. Uh, you can get yours now. You can, you can buy them online through novalumberjacks.com. You can also, uh, we're going to be selling some locally in the community. Uh, Barrington Jewelers is going to have some uh, as of next week. And will tickets be available at the gate as well? As long as they're not sold out ahead of time, they'll be available at the gate. Okay, perfect. Check our website, I would say, for details on local vendors. Uh, you can pick up family day passes, uh, family of four for, for uh, 25, 25 bucks and, and change. Um, day pass for an adult is, is 10 bucks, basically anybody over 16. Uh, $5 for youth between uh, five and 16 years old and kids under five are free. So it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great time. And, and I expect to see some full stands. TSN be there filming. It's going to air on uh, national TV later this fall, promoting our area and sport and our region. And geez, I, I just, I'm, I'm super excited for it and we're in great shape. Awesome. So hearing from the competitors that are coming, particularly from overseas, is there anything that you've heard that they're really looking forward to in this opportunity to come to Nova Scotia, to come to Canada? Yeah, I think everyone's, a bit, you know, everyone comes with a different, uh, a different idea. I, I, some folks are, are going to take the opportunity to, they'll spend some time in Nova Scotia. And I've heard of folks that are going to take a big trip and drive all the way through uh, to Niagara Falls. Uh, there's folks that really want to go whale watching. There's people that just really want to hang out in the local community and, and visit the, the South Shore area and, you know, see lobster boats and eat fresh lobster and <laughs> could come to a better place, I guess. So, uh, you know, depending on how, how many are coming, many are coming with their entire families and staying you know, two weeks, I've heard of one group coming for, they're coming for three or four weeks. So, you know, depending on their, their plans, they, they might uh, see the whole province. They might travel up to Cape Breton. They may uh, shoot over and see more of the Maritimes or, or, you know, fly to other parts of Canada or even the United States. I mean, the thing is, is Canada is um, a bucket list destination for people in other parts of the world. And we don't often think of that, you know, we're, we're, used to being here it's a beautiful part of the world and we all love it of course um but for the folks that are coming from you know germany and sweden and um you know across the uk and estonia or switzerland i mean these are this is a big trip this is a very significant trip you imagine it the other way right oh i'm gonna hop on a plane and go to switzerland that's a that's a big deal so it's the same thing for them this is a big deal they're gonna come and and make the most of their trips and and get the full canadian experience um so i'm i'm just you know, that that's a and that's something we take very seriously. We want to make sure that the experience is positive for them and that they feel welcomed and um, that we appreciate them, you know, taking time out of their lives to travel to this, come to Nova Scotia, come to our event, see Canada. I mean, that's a that's a big deal for us. And I know from different events that I've been a part of, uh, especially in the southwestern area of Nova Scotia, we're great hosts. And, you know, that's something that will just the cherry on the top of their experience, I, I would imagine. 
you said it perfectly. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. So you mentioned tickets on sale, uh, adult passes, children's passes, family passes. Um, are you still looking for volunteers at all? If someone wants to get involved in that capacity? Oh, listen, we're we're always uh, happy to take on volunteers for sure. You can go to again novalumberjacks.com. Uh, we have a, a, a tab you can click on for volunteers, or you can email us at novalumberjacks at gmail.com and, and we'll definitely uh, take your name and there's no shortage of things to do this is a big uh, big event lots happening of course uh, we'll have construction going on of, of the, uh, the the interior the the, the targets and, and the site indoors as we uh, you know I believe starting on August 15th then during the event you have uh, all kinds of a variety of thing. We have registration tables. We have uh, people that work, help the athletes out. We have people working with VIP. We have folks uh, helping out at the curling club for our banquet. So, you know, there's no shortage of things to do. If you want to be part of this, definitely uh, reach out to us. We, we've had an enormous uh, uptake of folks wanting to be part and, and really, a, you know, huge testament to the community and how welcoming it's it's been and uh, people just wanted to be part of it. So uh, we've, we have lots of volunteers, but we'll always take more for sure. <laughs> It's all volunteer based. I should say that. I mean, everyone that's putting this together, I'm a volunteer. Uh, our entire committee is, is basically volunteers. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to see others uh, pitch in and put their time because we, we know everyone's busy. Everyone's of course are busy and, and you're, you know, and you want to spend your, your time away from, from work or other things with, with family and, uh, and friends. And so to take time out of your day and, and spend it, contributing to something like this that that means a lot it, it really does so if you're willing to to pitch in and even help out for a few hours on one of the days boy we'd be happy to have you for sure excellent is there anything else that you'd like to touch on ryan as we uh are just a few weeks away from from the championship uh listen i would just say that um a huge 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 thank you to our organizing committee the the folks that have been volunteering behind the scenes that you know most would never never uh, see them see them or, or hear their names or what have you but folks like uh, Susie atwood and chris frotten uh locally in in the municipality of barrington have been enormous enormous uh, champions for this event darren hudson course with wild axe park and the timber lounge have, have really driven that's really the reason why this event is there between darren and um, his passion for the sport and susie it's there's no question erica sutherland who's been our uh, our secretary for our for our, um, our our organizing committee has been amazing keeping us on on track and drew mccarthy and others i mean I, i'm gonna miss somebody so i'm not gonna <laughs> keep going but i'll just tell you it's it's really been um great working with this team everyone has been really just firing on all cylinders the whole way and we're very excited to to deliver the event and then get a well-earned uh rest <laughs> <laughs> so take me through just one more time ryan when is the world double bit axe throwing championship taking place and where can people go to learn more sure thing uh friday august 26 we start out with the team's world championships teams of three going head to head from all over the world on saturday you will see uh, individual qualifying ranking rounds and we'll take the top athletes from Saturday on to Sunday for the championship finals in the individual competition in the men's, women's and youth. Uh, so that's Friday through Sunday, August 26th to 28th, Shrose Island, Sandy Wickens Memorial Arena. If you want to learn more, you can go to novalumberjacks.com and uh, we'll have all the information there. And Candace, thanks again for, for having me on. I really appreciate this. Not a problem. Thanks for joining me again. And all the best as the world joins you in Barrington later this month. We've been talking with Ryan McIntyre about the World Double Bit Axe Throwing Championship for Y95 and The Weekender. I'm Candace Fibbs. The Weekender will return in a moment. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. La Semaine Acadienne de Panama is coming up this week in Argyle, and here to talk about it is Roger Dontrema, president of the Société Touristique Bontemps Argyle. Thanks for joining me, Roger. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So first, tell us just, you know, a little bit about what La Semaine Acadienne de Panama is all about. Okay. Uh, La Semaine Acadienne de Panama is an idea that was put together by La Société Touristique Bonton d'Argyle. This is a group of stakeholders in 
the municipality of Argyle, and the goal is to encourage and support the development of cultural tourism products and experiences within the municipality of Argyle, and also to promote and support the relationships between the people who are actively involved in Acadian tourism businesses. So we thought that it is time to revive the Acadian pride and the spirit of the Acadians. So we have put together a list of activities that will take place in the week prior to the August 15th national holiday. Okay, so it's kind of like a run-up then to the national holiday. That is correct. Years ago, you know, every community in the municipality of Argyle would have activities, festivals, the whole week leading up to August the 15th. But in recent years, the events and the participation to these events have diminished quite a bit. So here we are trying to revive this. So to revive the pride of the Acadians in this region. Absolutely. It's certainly a great way to get out there, you know, show Acadian pride. And uh, I think it's great. You know, you've kind of uh, consolidated everything together into one sort of, you, you mentioned there was all these little kind of things going on, but now you've kind of consolidated things into one big event, which is which is really cool to see for, for a week of, of fun. Yes, that's correct. I mean, things will take place beginning on Monday, August the 8th in every community and right to and including August the 15th. So there's a little bit of everything for everybody from food, from uh, some music and some culturally cultural events that are taking place throughout the region. Yeah, so let's get into some of those events that are going to be happening uh, this week. So uh, give us sort of a rundown, maybe day by day, some of the bigger events that are going to be happening uh, as the week goes on. Well, okay, beginning on Monday, August the 8th, there are several activities taking place in Pamlico. Uh, probably the one that's the most important in Pamlico is we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of Chenu Apamku. This is a society that existed years ago to create all these events. The society still operates, so we are going to celebrate uh, 40th anniversary. Also, there's several other events happening at the village, like we have a uh, a teddy bear picnic for children that's one uh, thirty to 3. There's also going to be a children's parade at 6 o'clock. All this stuff is happening at the village. And there's also another big event happening at the Argyler. Uh, the Argyler is going to have a lobster boil from 6.30 to 9 p.m. And uh, so that's Monday, August the 8th, Jacob. Great. So let us know what's going on some of the other days. Okay, on Tuesday, there are, again, all kinds of little events happening, and it's best to go to our Facebook page. If you're searching Bon Temps Argyle, you will see all these events that I'm talking about right now and into more details as well. So we're here on Tuesday. There are some writing sessions for our teams uh, the Argyle Recreational Department is doing that. There is a quilt demonstration at the Acadia Museum in Pumlico. That's quite interesting. There's also a treasure hunt at the Acadian Village in Pumlico. That's Tuesday, okay? So if we go to Wednesday, there is uh, more chances to do uh, Acadian stories and genealogy. That's at the Acadian Museum in Pumlico. There's a trail... Uh, walk in Belleville that's sponsored by the Argyle Recreational Department. And there's also some family fun activities at the courthouse uh, in Tuscott by the marketplace tent there. And uh, here's a big one, Jacob, 4.30 to 8.30, pop-up pop dinner speakeasy kitchen. This is happening at the West Pomnico Legion. 
it's a chance to, I think it's a five-course meal, to experience all kinds of Acadian food. So that would be a, a great event to take place. And there's also a party at uh, the Wild Roots Kitchen Party uh, in Tuscott from 5 to 7. And there's uh, also a trivia at the Village Historic Acadia at 7 to 9 p.m. with Chris and Charlene. That is popular. Unfortunately, it's already sold out, but I think they're taking like waiting lists. So here we are on Thursday, August the 11th. Uh, there is a Acadian experience uh, in her Oaks holistic approach in Quinnan. There's also a quote demonstration at the Acadian village in Pumnico. There is some going on at the farmer's market there uh, in Tuscott. And there is also some kayaking uh, at the Eel Lake. There is also some activity at the Wedgeport Tuna Museum. And uh, also that evening at 6 p.m., there's an event with uh, Dion Lobster and a boat skate. What you can go to Boatskid uh, in Pomnico and experience uh, pairing with some uh, oyster and some beverages on a Friday, August the 12th. There's a workshop uh, at 10 o'clock uh, at uh, Tuscan at uh, Caped. There's also a kitchen party at 6 p.m. that evening at the Acadian Village. And 7.30, there is also a dart tournament at the Twin Village Social Club. On Saturday, there's uh, activities taking place at the Acadian Village. And the Cafe de Crick, which is normally closed, will be open that day. And Saturday is a pretty quiet day, Jacob. Uh, Sunday, we're also having some... Uh, Cafe the Creek opens. There's some foods. You can sample the Canadian food there. 9 p.m. to 12 midnight, there is a stargazing experience at the Deep Sky Observatory in Quinnan. On Monday, August the 15th, there is uh, outdoor activities happening at the Acadian Village in Pablico. Uh, there is a mass at 11 o'clock. St. Joseph Church in Surrettes Island. That's a traditional Acadian mass that happens in various uh, different locations in the municipality of Argyle each year. And uh, there's a reception and recognition of volunteers session happening at Surrettes Island as well. At 1 p.m. at the Acadian Village in West Pamica, we'll have a flag raising uh, ceremony, some cake and some music, Acadian, uh, Acadian music being played. And at 4.30, we're going to have uh, serving rapi pie and a canteen at the Acadian Village. And we're going to finish off, I guess, the day with a cantamar. That's in all the villages in Palamba. And uh, then set 4 to 7, Boots Keg and Speakeasy uh, are teaming up together for a, an event in West Pamigo. And as well that evening, there will also be another lobster ball at the Argyle Lodge at 6.30. And of course, all of that is leading to the big event, which is La Harve au Chat, which is a, a nationally televised event that's happening uh, at 9 p.m. on August the 15th. So there you have it, Jacob. That's a rundown quickly of all the stuff that's happening in uh, week-long activities. Well, that's all awesome. I think there's a lot of great stuff there. There's certainly a little bit for everybody. There's a lot going on, a lot of great events. Uh, I want to go back a little bit and and just sort of highlight events, any events that you think might be good for kids or the family, anything you think might be great for them during the week. Well, for sure, the teddy bear picnic uh, on Monday at 1 o'clock is a family uh, event. You know, that's the idea to bring your child there and have a picnic. And as well, uh, at 6 p.m. that evening, we're going to have a children's parade slash bouncy castle and ice cream social at uh, the village as well. So that is a great family uh, event right there. That's on Monday. And there's also uh, Tuesday that one-hour riding sessions for teens and youths at the Argyle. Uh, that's by the Argyle Recreation Department there. So those another one for for the children. 
is that the sort of stuff you're asking about there, Jacob? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's great. Um, but if we can we can move on to some other stuff. Uh, I want to ask you. Uh, you mentioned that this was being put on by the Society Touristique Bantam Argyle, and I want to ask you know tell us about some of the other work you do in the community. You know, outside of this event. Well, what we're doing, our main goal is to create, encourage partnerships between different operators. For instance, uh, we do know that Boat Skeg and the uh, Speak Easy Kitchen are teaming up together for an event. We do know that Wild Roots Restaurant and Boat Skeg do team together for events other than this week. And the Village uh, Historic Acadia is also uh, partnering with Boatskeg to host some events. So that sort of partnership is what we're trying to encourage. Uh, Dion Oyster as well does some different events, uh, partnering with various uh, people in the area. So that's what we're trying to do right now, Jacob, is to encourage more partnerships. That's awesome. And it's, you know, it seems like a great way to, you know, bring the entire community all together. And, and I think that that's just awesome. Um, and I guess, yeah. you, you know, as we're kind of sort of getting towards wrapping up here, uh, I, w- I was wanted to ask you, what are you hoping that people who attend these events that participate, that get out there, what are you hoping that they take away from this whole exper- experience? Well, what we're hoping they will take away is an awareness of the Acadian pride Uh, I guess to experience the Acadian culture, because Jacob is so easy to forget where we come from, who we are, but we can't forget that we are an Acadian region, we are Acadians, and we want the people, not just the locals, but the people from away to come and learn about the Acadian experience, immerse themselves in these activities, you know, so this is what we're hoping is just a, a revival, I guess, of the Acadian spirit. Yes, and talking about, you know, keeping that spirit, keeping that culture alive, are you uh, planning to make this sort of an annual event now? We are hoping this will be an annual event. What we're going to do after this is done, we're going to have a, a sondage, a, uh, a survey that will measure the success. And we're hoping for results positive that, Next year, we're going to make it even bigger and better, Jacob. Well, that sounds great to me. Uh, Roger, do you have a final message you wanted to share for people to help them get out and get involved in La Semaine Acadienne de Paramba? I just want to say to the people that make sure to check our Facebook page, search Bon Temps Argyle, and you'll see all these events. And come out, participate, participate. you will be really pleased with what we have to offer here. Well, it certainly sounds like something awesome, and it sounds like something that a lot of people are going to enjoy. Roger Donchema, I want to thank you so much for for joining us today, for being on The Weekender, and for chatting about La Semaine Acadiana Paramba. Okay, well, thank you very much. That was Roger Donchema, president of the Société Touristique Bontemps Argyle, and he was here to discuss La Semaine Acadiana Paramba. And that's our program for today. Thanks for listening. For story suggestions or to submit feedback, email news.cjls at radioabl.ca or call our newsline at 902-749-1919. To listen to archived versions of our program, visit us online at cjls.com and click on The Weekender. The Weekender is a production of the Y95 Newsroom and is brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center.